Welcome. You are listening to Best Practices, a podcast dedicated to anyone involved in the maintenance, safety, operations, or profitability of industrial facilities and commercial properties. Hosted by Jared Wall and brought to you by South Point Solutions. Okay, thank you for tuning in to this premiere episode of Best Practices. I am Jared Wall, and my purpose for starting this podcast is to explore all the best ways to own and operate industrial facilities, commercial properties, office buildings, entertainment venues, etc. In this Best Practices world, my area of expertise is in the field of energy efficiency. For a decade, I've been helping building owners of all kinds reduce their energy consumption, primarily through LED lighting upgrades. In that work, I've been in and out of all kinds of different facilities, met hundreds of professionals in that world, and have seen and heard countless stories and examples of best practices, as well as many stories of the opposite. I'm looking forward to speaking with a lot of different people about a lot of different aspects of best practices. And for this first episode, I'm going to stick with what I know best, and that's LED lighting and energy efficiency. Joining today to help me with that is Jeff Hickman. He is the founder and CEO of my company, South Point Solutions. And for as much experience as I have in this world, Jeff is one of those few people who can make me feel like a novice. Obviously, we're going to talk about energy efficiency and LEDs, but I'm also going to ask him about his career prior to founding South Point Solutions, and then hopefully have him get into some of his experiences as an entrepreneur. Hope you enjoy. All right, Jeff. Uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing great, Jared. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks so much for, for carving out a little bit of time in your busy schedule to uh, to record this episode with me. I'm, I'm really excited about it. I wanted to uh, uh, basically just have a conversation all about... Um, you know, your history starting the company, maybe, you know, even a little bit before that, what led up to it, uh, why you decided to found it, uh, and maybe if uh, if lighting was the focus from the beginning, um, because that's obviously, uh, that's what we do. We, we do LED lighting, retrofit projects, uh, energy efficiency consulting, um, but primarily LED lighting. So, if you would, why don't you just give a little bit of your history um, and and the kind of the beginning of of South Point Solutions? Sure, be glad to, Jared. Um, and and thanks for putting this together. This is really cool. Um, I'm excited to to, uh, to listen to all these all these episodes to get some uh, little nuggets of great intel and information from from all of your guests. Um, yeah. So uh, so yeah, a little bit about my background. Um, I graduated from University of Tennessee with a, a an engineering degree in industrial engineering, which is basically manufacturing engineering, and um, and joined uh, Johnson Controls right out of school with a sales engineer role. So, you know, the interesting thing was I, I, I really was interested in engineering as a technical person, yet I'm a people person. And, and once I started to graduate, I thought, oh, no, now I have to go be an engineer. <laughs> that sounds boring. So I got lucky and landed a sales job. Um, 
So, you know, right out of school was in um, control systems, HVAC controls, um, uh, hydronics, and, and air handling equipment primarily, um, and did that for several years. Then I went to Duke Energy and, and um, learned a lot more about energy savings performance contracting. And so I was always around energy savings as a career. Um, and and in, in that career, working for um, Fortune 500 companies, you know, you're, you're climbing the ladder. So it was a lot of, um, a lot of success, a lot of um, promotions and, and, you know, increasing in income, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, you know, I had a couple more stops along the way. I, I attended MBA school at night along the way. I didn't, didn't finish my degree, but, um, but did get far enough into it to know that I really loved the, the business management side of things. And just along the way, um, after a certain number of years, I just got burned out on the corporate world. Um, it's, it's one of those things it's, you know, you hear people re- refer to it as the rat race and it's, it's a race that never ends. Um, and you're constantly chasing the next, the next piece of cheese. Um, but it's all about the share price. It's all about earnings growth or revenue growth. It's, it's, you know, it's, there's never a, I shouldn't say never, but there's just there's just not a lot of satisfaction uh, for me personally. I didn't get a lot of satisfaction. I care about people. I care about our clients. I care about making a difference. Um, and uh, and of course, being being a capitalist, I do want to make money. But it was not just about the money. It was more about you know creating something long lasting. So. So that's why I decided to give all that up literally um, overnight and just jump out on my own. And uh, so I started the company in 2003, formed it with a friend of mine who I'd known for several years who had sold his business and he wanted to do something else, but he was older and didn't want to necessarily you know, hit the streets and work for a living. But he wanted to continue to, to make a difference and do some things um, from an entrepreneurial standpoint. Uh, so it was basically his seed money and my, uh, sweat and blood. And that's how we got started, um, in 2003. And, uh, and you're correct. It initially was not lighting because of my background. We initially started out in HVAC, um, energy efficiency for HVAC equipment, primarily rooftops and chillers. Um, but we quickly were introduced from a friend of, through a friend of a friend, to this new lighting technology for high bay fixtures uh, using linear fluorescent as a replacement for magnetically ballasted HIDs. And uh, so I I met that company in late 2003, flew to Wisconsin, met with the CEO of a very small company at that point in time, uh, began selling their products in uh, December of 03, maybe January of 04. So pretty much from the beginning of 2004 going forward, I uh, flipped the switch and focused exclusively on lighting. Yeah, that's uh, the lighting uh, and, and lighting projects for energy efficiency purposes really kind of were starting to jump off right around that time and, and you know, have since been a big deal. And I, I got into this world um, uh probably about 10 years ago, maybe 2011. Um, summer of 2011 is when I first got into the energy efficiency world and, and lighting was always the kind of the low hanging fruit um, as far as uh, achieving actual results as far as energy savings goes and, you know, really lowering your electric bills. And so that was, that was even though it was kind of a uh, energy engineering job, 
lots of it, lots of the focus ended up being on lighting just because that was the 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 best bang for your buck in terms of um you know investing money for the purposes of of becoming more efficient and uh, i got into it kind of just at the tail end of the linear fluorescent um lighting kind of phase that you're you're talking about that was some of the first projects that i sold were fluorescent projects um but very quickly it, it transitioned over to led uh kind of at the beginning of Right around 2010, 2012, 2013 is when it really started coming uh, big in the uh, in the market. And uh, I guess before we get into LEDs, I, th- I think um, fluorescent technology is is pretty cool, especially what they were able to do. Uh, and and um, you know the company that you were referring to, uh, Orion Lighting Technologies, they really created. They made it possible to use linear fluorescence in a high bay application, as you mentioned. And you know, just for any listeners who aren't maybe well versed in the lighting world, uh, high bay lighting is any lighting that would go, you know, high up in the air. Um, it kind of defines itself. Uh, so, like in a warehouse with twenty foot ceilings or thirty foot ceilings, or a manufacturing floor uh, with the same type of deal, or even in like a, a high school gymnasium, um, the lights up at the ceiling, those are called high bays. And for the longest time, uh, the only way to get enough light from a fixture at that height was, you know, through HID technology, metal halide, very high, high energy sucking uh, technology. And when Orion and a few other companies figured out how to because fluorescent had been around for a while mostly in kind of offices and you know eight foot ceiling type applications and the, with their technology in developing uh, uh, an aluminum reflector that really captured all of the lighting produced um, by that fluorescent tube and redirected it downwards um, really was a game changer in the lighting world and I think you know, that's probably what you saw and why you why you really partnered with Orion and, and moved forward with with lighting. It's just because of the the opportunity there. So I know there's not I guess maybe I should try and frame all of that in the form of a question somehow. But is anything of uh, anything that I mentioned there that you would want to riff on and, and jump on? Well, sure. Um, great summary. And, and you're exactly right. Um, you know, uh, up until uh, the probably the the latter part of the 20th century, you know, um, lighting as it was in an, in an Edison type bulb, an incandescent bulb, a light, uh, a light bulb of that nature um, is actually a much better heater than it is uh, a light source. Uh, as a matter of fact, an incandescent, say a 75 watt incandescent bulb, uh, only produces seven percent of the energies converted into light. The rest of it is is uh, is wasted in heat and vibration. You know, first law of thermodynamics tells you energy is neither created nor destroyed; it is simply changes states. And so you're you're basically taking electricity and trying to create light with it. And so um, you know that's why you would see a, a light bulb in a doghouse say in 1960s, uh, because it's a great source of heat, not a very good source of light. So advance forward, you frame that very well. The high-intensity discharge technology was able to get a lot more bang for the buck in terms of squeezing a lot more energy into a smaller glass container 
Um, but that came with a lot of hazards. There are some volatile components inside there. Uh, so you've got fire hazards that exist with metal halides. Uh, they can rupture and, and spew molten material down onto cardboard boxes and they catch fire. Uh, Google that if you want. That's, that's a common phenomenon. Um, so yes, what was interesting was the linear technology from, from fluorescence, uh, the whole trick is to harvest and focus that light. And so take a linear light source and harvest it and then point it all in, in a single direction or, or a single, uh, angle, if you will, 30 to 60 degree angle, um, by that reflector and focus it back down, um, to the, to the work surface was a game changer. And, um, and so, yes, that's, that was, um, that, that technology was significant, um, round numbers, of course, that's changed since then, but round numbers where you could get 50% more light in the same location with 50% less energy. So when you do the math and you calculate your input energy, you can literally cut the lumen output in half because you have that much more of an efficient product which by in turn, you cut the energy in half. So it made for a very fast, simple payback, uh, often less than two years. And so from that period of say early 2004, advanced all the way up until, you know, 11 going into 12, um, that period of time there, um, South Point Solutions sold hundreds of thousands of, of high bay fixtures all across the country. So, uh, yeah, it was a very, very, very successful, um, platform product mix. And as I mentioned before, when I was introduced to Orion uh, at that point in time, they were just breaking through about uh, 12 million in sales, I think, on an annualized basis uh, in 2004. And um, fast forward to now they're a publicly traded, you know, hundred plus million dollar uh, organization. So the ramp up was, was pretty, pretty swift. Uh, and we were we were along for the ride. So we became we became their their largest distributor for a number of years. And there was a good run there, probably about six or eight years when uh, a couple other of my colleagues that I've gotten to know in the industry uh, from from uh, one from the West Coast in particular. But there were about three of us. And so every year it was between the three of us. We were we were always consistently the top three, uh, the top three reps in the country in terms of the volume produced of, of the Orion products. So we learned a tremendous amount, um, through that time period, being in that many different facilities. Uh, we expanded our scope into commercial facilities, some hospitality, a little bit of healthcare. Um, there was even a run with some exterior linear T fives in two foot and four foot configurations. So we, we dabbled into that exterior. And then of course, when led came along, I mean, that, that changed, changed the game for the entire industry. Um, as well as, of course, for South Point as uh, as a major participant in that arena. So yeah, life life got a little little squirrely there during the transition. Um, but that's about probably that time you came in and you saw that firsthand um, how quickly LED caught on. Yeah, it was probably I don't know. It was probably less than a year that I was uh, actively selling um, fluorescent technology and it very quickly switched to led. I don't think I ever sold any fluorescent exterior product. I think that was led from the beginning. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know that all of this, uh, you know, South points, um, business, uh, with Orion and the fluorescent world that was all prior to me joining 
Um, but you know, in my time joining here, I know that we've now, you know, now we're, we're starting to go back to customers that, you know, maybe 10 years ago, we upgraded them to fluorescent and now we're going back and further upgrading them to led. And again, there's, there's energy efficiency benefits. There's light level improvement benefits from that. So I guess that, you know, that's kind of a transition into talking about led lighting, but I think it's also an opportunity to kind of talk talk to you know the the level of service that we we provide which keeps companies you know 10 years later they're reaching back out to us uh you know to come and and re-upgrade their facility um i think that says a lot about uh you know this company and and the kind of service we provide so i guess you know again go ahead and talk about whichever you whatever you want here but uh let's let's try and transition into led lighting and, and the technology and kind of what uh you know i always what i found find interesting and one of the things that i had to learn when i joined south point is how to identify the best product out there because in the led world there is uh a lot of um competition there's a lot of kind of i don't know maybe there's a better term but kind of fly by night companies that kind of pop up and try try their hand in it and so it's kind of hard to know uh, you know, what the best LED brands and manufacturers uh, are. And, you know, in my previous companies um, I, I, selling um, like state or utility funded programs that, that help to fund these kind of projects for small and medium sized businesses, my hands were tied in terms of you know, the utility or the state had already kind of pre-qualified and said, okay, if you've got a high bay fixture, this is what you can replace it with. If you've got a exterior flood, this is what you can replace it with. We didn't have much freedom or options in terms of being able to select and, and identify the best thing for the customer. It was just, you know, hey, we're the state or we're the utility company. We've got this program for you. If you want to take advantage it's, 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 it's this. And there was no real. And so that was kind of a, an education for me was coming to South Point and, you know, really learning about what to look for in terms of identifying the best uh, fixtures out there. Because if somebody wants to upgrade to LED lighting, um, it's, a, it's a fairly significant investment and uh, you don't want to do it wrong. Um, and I think that's really what South Point brings to the table. And this is making sure that customers don't do their LED lighting projects wrong. Um, and so, you know, again, <laughs> maybe uh, see, see where you can take, uh, you know, the, that stream of, of thoughts there. But, um, you know, I think, uh, I think what we do is a little bit different than most companies in this world. And, and because of that, I think, you know, it sets us apart. So, um what do you think about all that? Well, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, a lot in what you just said, and and I I think you know first and foremost, Jared, you know, let's bring it full circle back to you know why did I why did I decide to start this company? Um, take a risk, you know, go out and 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 put all the chips on the table, so to speak. Uh, it's been it's been a wonderful, um, you know, second half, if you will. It's been more than half, um, but it's been a wonderful uh, level two career, if you will, 
but it has not been easy. It's, it's, it's a struggle. Um, you know, I've, I've almost bank, gone bankrupt a couple of times, but I, I, any entrepreneur that, that really pushes the envelope is going to tell you the same thing. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, what is it that's different? What, what's, what's different about it? Well, there were two, two primary drivers. Um, first and foremost, you know, back to the reason for doing that is, I, for, I, for, I failed to mention right out of college when I joined Johnson Controls, they send you to the they send you to their institute up in Milwaukee. You go for four weeks. It's an intense training session. You learn everything there is to know about about the industry, HVAC controls, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, then they brought me back. <clears throat> then I, I spent that summer as a project manager on lots of construction projects, you know, learning how buildings are built, learning how the wiring is installed, you know, crawling in panels. And we, we did some pneumatics and some electronics. So we had PE switches and then direct digital controls came a few years after that, but you learn all this stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, then when you come back in and you go into sales, after you complete the training program, they put you in new construction and day one from the very get go, I really did not enjoy plan and spec work and bidding jobs for new construction. And the reason for that is, is, is quite simple is if you did a really good job on your takeoff and you got all the widgets and gadgets and, and, and pieces and parts identified, and you have all that in your, in your, uh, in your takeoff, in your estimate, you're probably going to be high. And, uh, in that construction plan and spec world, everything is all about low bid. It's about low dollar. And the entire focus is a monetary transaction. And um, so looking at that, at things from the perspective of an engineer, you feel like you want to do things correctly um, for the long term benefit of the of the end user. And that's not the focus of plan and spec bid work. It's it's about how can I cut a deal, make something happen? How can I how can I sell you? what you think is a hundred dollars worth of product. How can I sell you something for 70 that that's really worth 75 um, and make you live with it? You know, it's just, it's uh, you know, I hate to bash the industry because it's a great industry, but it just wasn't for me. So uh, that was one thing. Um, the second less important component about, you know, why did I focus on lighting is, you know, when you get an HVAC, you got to worry about weather, you got to worry about uh, exterior psychrometrics and the entropy of the air. You've got to, worry about uh, heat, heat load and, and differences in positioning of the building. You've got thermal gain, solar gain. You've got all these variables. Lighting is very simple. It's watts in times your hours times the rate of electricity, and that's it. There's no, there's no more variables. There's, there's, there's very little variability in it. So, you know, in starting South Point, it wasn't so much about the technology or what I wanted to do. It was about, I wanted to make a difference and I did not want to be transactionally based. Um, one of the things that and I know that you've experienced that here is that we're not, we're not focused on a transaction. Um, we have an opportunity right now that uh, another one of our colleagues introduced me to, and it's a fairly large opportunity with, with a private educational institution, um, multiple campuses, multiple buildings, a very, very large opportunity, but it's just not what we do. It's, it's setting up bids and writing specs and sending it out to three different suppliers, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's just not what we do. Um, so, you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to develop long-term relationships with our customers. And as you mentioned before, 
we have customers today that I dealt with the same business, uh, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, working with them on control systems in the nineties. Then I come back with a, with my, with my new career and I sell them linear fluorescent high bays in the two thousands. And then we come back to the same company, lots of the same people in the same organization and maybe 2013, 14 or 15. Then we take those linear fluorescents out and we sell LEDs. And the reason those people are going to continue to transact business with, with South Point and me personally is because we, we always go into each opportunity with one thing in mind. And that is what is the best solution we can deliver for this customer at the end of the day, the, the financials of the, of the project are the primary drivers, but there's also some intangibles there. There's service, there's performance, there's, in many cases, there's warranty management, there's long-term economic benefits, there's long-term uh, benefits in terms of the employees and the environment. And that's, that's what's fun about what we do is when we walk off of a project site, the employees automatically can tell what we did. They can see the improvement. They can feel better about their environment. They can see the products better. Quality is improved. Morale is improved. Uh, safety is improved. And that meter slows down a little bit. Uh, you know, that, that spinning disc slows down and, and they see money in the bank uh, from reduced costs. So, so that's what's different is, is we don't focus on a transaction. We focus on what's the best long-term solution for the customer. So our ideal customer profile is an organization and or group of individuals who understand the benefits of a long-term financial analysis and total cost of ownership when making a purchase of this magnitude. People that are focused on let's do the cheapest thing possible and let's just try to squeeze every penny out of it. They're not a good fit for us. You know, we, we, we shouldn't date people that we don't want to marry. And, and for South Point Solutions, we, we want people that are focused on the long term. And, and that's what we do. So, so we're different. And to be successful as an entrepreneur, my advice to anyone out there who wants to do that is you have to find a business model, first of all, that works. It has to be fundamentally sound in its design, in its aspects, the financial metrics of it, and the marketing aspects. And, and I don't mean marketing as an advertising. I mean the market position. And if you can find an area or an industry or a market that has an existing status quo and you can interrupt the status quo and be disruptive to the market with an, with innovation, with creativity and with something that's different. If you can disrupt the status quo, you will create your own wave. It's much like cutting the surface of a lake with a boat, with a big V hole. You just carve your way through there and you've got to disrupt the marketplace. And that's what we did. Um, we, we disrupt the marketplace. We're not a contractor. We're not a rep. We're not an agent. We're not a distributor. We're a service company. And that's what we have been from day one. And that's what we will continue to be. And the customers and clients that we have, um, some of them may be on your podcast. Uh, you know, anyone that's out there that sees references or case studies on our website, you know, we encourage you, if you want to reach out to these people and they'll tell you. You know, we do what we say we're going to do and we deliver the results time and time and time and time again. And if something goes wrong, things go wrong. We step up to the plate and we fix it. And if you do that, then you can survive for a long, long time.
So here we are, you know, on the door of 30 years, and uh, we haven't really changed that recipe very much since 2003. Yeah, I know uh, kind of in that, that transition from fluorescent to LED, it wasn't the smoothest transition. Um, I know uh, I've heard some stories just about South Point, but, you know, in the industry in general. Um, but, uh, I mean, I guess... You know, I would definitely want to hear maybe um, if you have some stories or some anecdotes of, uh, you know, your experience as an entrepreneur, maybe some challenges or um, some things that you've had to overcome or even some some successes and what you attribute. I mean, we've talked about that uh, to, to an extent already, um, but I know we're kind of just touching on what you ended on there. Um, you know, if something goes wrong, we fix it. And. You know, there. I know that there was, uh, and I'll have you tell the story because um, you know probably the details better than I do. But when we first started getting into the LED world, uh, it was exterior LED lighting, and uh, as as South Point is is uh, want to do, you did really your due diligence in identifying this new LED supplier that was supposed to be kind of like the 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 next great thing for exterior lighting, and it didn't really pan out. So. Do you? I hope you know what, I, what I'm talking about. Um, and could you maybe tell that story a little bit? Well, sure. Um, so embarking into the the LED world, um, gosh, I'm trying to go back. I want to say maybe 2012 ish that time frame. Um, we were seeing a lot of new things coming about, and and of course, um, the vast majority of that technology comes out of Asia. Um, and so as is with our, as is our philosophy now, you know, we, we generally speaking are not going to try to sell anything that we don't have a hundred percent confidence in. And so from the technical aspects, you know, we want to visit the factories. We want to see the production line. We want to understand the technology. Um, I think you can attest, uh, with your previous experience, uh, selling lighting products with other companies versus coming to South Point. You know, the level of of I'd call it the training and education of the, you know, the bits and bytes and the and the individual components that make up a, uh, a luminaire. You know, we we said, Jared, you, you have to learn from the ground up. You need to know everything there is to know about LED lighting in order to be able to understand it, because that will make you an expert. And when you become an expert, it's it's a lot easier to go out into the world and hold your own against anybody else. Um, so I think you can, you can attest to that. So yes, during that time period, I, I jumped on a plane, uh, with my partner, we flew to Asia, we went to Japan, we went to, um, uh, over to Taiwan. Um, we had another contingent that, uh, that we partnered with. It had another, uh, visit over to, to China and Hong Kong, just to, un we had to understand how the components were put together, how the products were built, how they were designed, you know, if, if it just comes from a box with some Mandarin on it, you know, what does that really mean? Who, who built it? And so we didn't want to just sign up for anybody that was selling anything. We wanted to know all the way through the supply chain. So during that process, yes, we learned an awful lot about LED products, um, interior, exterior, et cetera. And, you know, back to the point where you, you, you inquired about, um, you know, so one of the early, uh, adopters that, uh, that we dealt with was a, is actually a domestically based company. Uh, of course, all their components were imported, but they assembled a lot of the stuff domestic, 
domestically and they specialized in in exterior products and we felt like they had a really good product um, the engineering was solid uh, i thought that the the thermal management was excellent the optics were excellent everything looked really really good well long story short they ended up because they had a sole source supplier for some of the components that they were using they had a major manufacturing defect in one of their critical components which caused a lot of failures and um and so in the course of that there were lawsuits litigation drug on for a couple of years and it drove the company out of business and so you know we south point had several customers that had these products installed and you know it's it's uh it's very disappointing. It was a it was a rough spot in the road for us, but we had to do what we could do to try to help help these customers out. Um, so that's that's a tough spot to be in when the when the product that you purchased um, the company's out of business. So we had a couple of different uh, different opportunities to engage with customers that had those issues and and come up with solutions for them and come up with 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 unique ways of addressing those failures with a holistic approach and luckily enough for us this because this was an early adopter type of a of a solution the products we were installing back in those early days the exterior products that you mentioned as an example were in the order of magnitude of anywhere between 95 and 120 lumens per watt so when these failures reared their ugly head four or five years later the technology existed to to significantly improve that and and so we're able to go back from a retrofit perspective look at the money that had been saved with our original project and develops creative solutions for these customers so that they can install new products um, from another manufacturer that would significantly increase their efficiency such that they could then pay for the project again through the cash flow generated from those energy savings and you know that's something that we we took a lot of hits during that process in terms of um, you know financially stepping up to the plate to try to help our customers out, but it pays dividends because we're trying to do this for the long term, and and so you know that was a company that we did a lot of vetting on that we thought we had a lot of confidence in, but the amount of I think you referred to them earlier uh, the amount of fly by nights the amount of companies that have popped up in strip malls and uh, UPS lockboxes over the last 10 years that have just vanished from the face of the earth is, is mind-boggling. And uh, so that's one of our jobs as, as stewards of this industry is to educate our customers to be aware of these things, um, you know, to, to, be, to understand that you're really buying something that is supposed to be a product that's going to last 20 plus years. So you might want to make sure you do your due diligence. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, um, you know, we, we both think uh, that, you know, using South Point to, to, to do your LED retrofit is, you know, should be considered, uh, you know, uh, quote unquote, best practices. But I think that really, you know, that story, you know, it's very easy to tell all of our success stories, um, but I think it's useful and helpful to kind of share these, you know, more or less failures that, that do happen, uh, you know, over the course of, you know, a business that's been around for going on 20 years now, um, that, you know, there's going to be, there, not everything is roses um, and, you know, and tiptoes through the tulips, you know, there's, there's some difficult things that happen there. And so I, I, I appreciate you being willing to share that story here. But I think, you know, the, the way that, 
you know, as a company, how you handle a situation like that is important. Uh, and so I think, you know, how South Point did handle it speaks a lot about the company and the kind of customer service we provide. Uh, but I think it also speaks to how important it is for, you know, somebody looking into doing an LED project to partner with a company like South Point um, because, you know, even us, you know, with, with all of the, the combined years of expertise that we have here, um, you know, and going through all of that kind of uh, due diligence to try and identify a manufacturer for, uh, for a LED product, and still that, that ended up, you know, being the result. So, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of difficult for somebody who doesn't really live in this world to have all of that information at their fingertips all the time and be able to take the time to do that kind of due diligence. And kind of like you mentioned, in my time here at South Point, even just learning about the, you know, the, the kind of the thermodynamics, as you mentioned, of, of light fixtures and that, you know, I guess if somebody's doing an LED product, they want the light quality to be good. They want the energy efficiency to be high. They want to save a lot of money by installing it. And they want those fixtures to last a long time. And that longevity um, is really driven by how the fixture is manufactured. And that's something that I've, I've learned a lot, you know, in my, my, my few years um, since I've joined your company is that, you know, in order to allow for these LED chips and these, you know, these drivers uh, to last as long as we would want them to, you know, 15, 20 plus years uh, hanging up in a, in a warehouse or, or lighting up a parking lot that, um, you know, the, how, how the product is manufactured really determines that and being able to draw heat away from those electrical components is really the only way to accomplish that longevity and not every company, uh, not every manufacturer out there uh, does it the same way. Uh, and so I've, I've got a future um, episodes that'll be coming out uh, with our colleague Dan Marks, uh, where we kind of go through the common common mistakes uh, that are made on an LED lighting project. And that's that's one of them, I think. Um, but anyways, uh, what do you think is next for for South Point, for lighting, for the world of energy efficiency in general, you know, where do we, where, where do you see, where do you see South Point five or 10 years down the road? Where do you see, you know, th these technologies that we're dealing with, um, you know, a few years down the road? Well, you know, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's a funny thing to think about because uh, I go back in time to, let's say, 2008 2009 when the linear fluorescent high bays we were selling them like crazy and and literally i was on google i was trying to dig up uh market studies that 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 folks had written uh looking at sources like nalco and 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 some different industry um uh organizations to try to find the data how many metal halides how many hids are in the U.S. Uh, when are we going to run out? And I remember thinking back then, oh my gosh, if I can just sustain this business until 2010, I'm sure by then we're going to run out of high bay HIDs. <laughs> so, you know, uh, and that's definitely not the case uh, today. It's 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 funny. Uh, even today, we still see that. Uh, we still see that technology out there. So. 
So in terms of the market opportunity, one of the things from a lighting, the, the LED lighting evolution in terms of the luminary evolution is you, you hit the nail on the head. It's all about thermal management. And so the better thermal management you have, the more heat you can pull away from the junction, then the longer that chip's going to last. And as well as the additional componentry, you know, you want to separate the heat generation uh, components as much as possible. You want to use the three different forms of heat dissipation, uh, conduction, convection, um, and, and um, pulling that heat away from the, from the heat source. But at the same time, you know, during, I want to say, let's talk about probably 2012, 13, uh, up until probably 2019, that five to six year period saw a tremendous increase. It was almost like a, a hockey stick, a tremendous increase in efficiency, uh, combined with a decrease in component cost because of the, the order of magnitude of how many manufacturers were ramping up. Um, and so that's leveled off. And so, you know, you're not going to see um, the, these huge leaps and bounds in terms of energy efficiency from the same platforms anymore. Uh, the chip technology is getting pretty darn close to about as good as it can get. The, the heat dissipation is pretty darn good. Um, so what does the future hold? I think the future holds deeper penetration into the existing sockets that are out there. Um, so that would expand horizontally and vertically. Um, horizontally, that's going to get in further and further into the hospitality, uh, the healthcare education markets. It's going to expand further down that food chain. You know, used to be that if I was looking at a retail application um, six or seven years ago, it really wouldn't wouldn't be a viable solution for anything smaller than a 50,000 square foot uh, anchor tenant in a shopping center like a grocery store, a Publix or a Harris Teeter grocery store. Now the technology is viable enough. The industry has become nimble enough and folks like South Point have become uh, savvy enough that, that the technology is viable and can be deployed pretty effectively, both through our channels and especially through some other channels to the little mom and pops and to the uh, to the dry cleaners and the drug stores and the convenience stores and the 7-Elevens. And, you know, so smaller and smaller and smaller footprints are able to do that. Uh, we've penetrated in terms of the commercial available, commercially available lighting that we are typically using in uh in retail and um and hospitality environments is making its way into the uh into the residential marketplace so the residential side of the business has has yet to be fully matured uh most projects now coming out of the ground are going to be led based uh, but that market from the retrofit side is vastly vastly untapped um, so there's opportunity there. And, and then again, I think just the evolution of the technology, um, because you had that very, very quick ramp up that there are early adopters that put products in their ceiling from a manufacturing standpoint or heavy duty like manufacturers and warehouses, et cetera, that uh, installed LEDs in 2014, 2015. Uh, the technology exists now, depending upon those run hours and most of that industrial segment is a heavy run hour 24 hour hours a day five days a week 24 hours a day seven days a week etc that those projects are now viable to go back and replace that product you know pull out those high bay fixtures that are 125 lumens per watt and install something that's 190 lumens per watt um, if they have high run hours and a decent 
blended cost a kilowatt hour uh, electricity, then that project once again becomes viable. Um, and because of the financial tools that we can use now to fund the projects through either lease, you know, there are lease options that are out there and there are also service agreements that are out there. So the future of our industry is based in these service agreements whereby we sign a long term service agreement, not a capital purchase, not a capital lease. It's a pure service agreement. Passes ASC 842, you know, uh, certifications and all those kinds of things that the customer can actually sign a service agreement and get new new products installed um, that include full coverage of uh, of parts and labor for the life of the service contract. You know, so that's a that's a new emerging uh, tool that is going to probably take hold in the marketplace going forward. So that bodes very well for us. Um, you know, for, but from the lighting technology, there is no magic light bulb. Uh, I have an uncle who's, who, every time he sees me, he said, Hey, how's the magic light bulb business? <laughs> it's not, so I don't think there's a magic light bulb around the corner. Uh, I think it's going to continue to be based in, um, light emitting diodes for the, for the foreseeable future. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I couldn't have predicted the marketplace now, um, 10 years ago. Uh, that it would have changed that much so quickly. So, so who knows from a technology standpoint, um, but wherever it goes, I can assure you that South Point is still going to be there and we're still going to be servicing customers and we're still going to be uh, doing what we do and trying to find out where, where we can create the next disruption in some uh, hybrid technology that is applicable to what we do. And that's probably going to be in IOT it's probably going to be an ancillary IOT type devices um, utilizing the overhead infrastructure of a lighting uh, grid as the backbone for the communication protocol. So that's that's really where it's uh, where I see the future going in the next five to seven years. Yeah. And what's what's cool about that technology and um, IOTs in, in, uh, Internet of Things and basically just kind of tying tying uh things together via via a, a wire wireless system uh more or less as very layman's terms but that's kind of the idea but anyways like if what you're saying if you put these kind of a, a control system through all of your led fixtures that basically permeate the entire um facility then now you've got visibility of that entire facility now you can start doing things like like asset tracking where um, if you've got uh, an expensive piece of machinery or like for a hospital, for example, like a, uh, uh, um, I don't know, some machine that they, they wheel around and hook up to patients that, you know, it's a, it's a hundred thousand dollar pieces of equipment and they don't want to lose it. They, they put a, a kind of a RFID tracking chip on it. And then between that and the controls that are tied into their lighting system, they can you know, log into a, a web-based portal and see exactly where that piece of equipment is at all times. You can do the same thing with with employees um, and kind of do heat mapping of your facility and see where most of the where where people spend their time, where people congregate, where maybe there's some some traffic flow um, potential for improvement. So I definitely think I, I definitely agree with you there about that being a future kind of piece of technology that we could add to our services that we provide and that we've already, you know, started adding to the services we provide. I also I, I find it very interesting, and this is kind of new just in the last year, um, 
in that some of our larger, you know, Fortune 100, Fortune 500 customers, um, they're starting to have a different uh, reasoning for pulling the trigger on these type of lighting projects than they have in the past. You know, my my history, and I'm sure the same is for you, uh, is that, you know, for a project to get sold, it had to have a pretty good um, return on investment, a pretty good simple payback. You know, for instance, uh, you know, a project would be expected to, to quote unquote pay for itself in, in three or four years based on the energy savings that it can achieve. And now we're starting to see and we're still even getting some feedback that, uh, hey, like you got to stop thinking this way because, you know, we put out a press release that we're going to, you know, achieve net zero by 2025. And this is these are the steps that we're taking and these are the investments that we're making in order to achieve that. These corporations are seeing just that kind of announcement drive up their their stock price to the point of and and. You know, you can imagine uh, a, a multi-billion-dollar company. If there's a, a just a few percent increase in their stock price, then that's going to dwarf any you know uh, monthly electric bill savings that our lighting project is going to achieve. So we're kind of starting to see sustainability goals drive lighting projects even more than than dollar reduction goals. Um, so I've, I think that's interesting and I think that's probably going to continue. Um, but I think also, you know, there's, a, there's some other technologies that, that kind of are, that go along well with kind of our business, uh, you know, in terms of, and some of the things that we've already done for some of our customers. And I just want to mention, you know, as we're wrapping up here, that things like um, uh, battery chargers for electric forklifts, things like, uh, but really, honestly, just general electrical services, uh, um, more industrial electrical services. Like if somebody's got a new, uh, you know, uh, equipment line or production line going in, then, you know, if, if that timing happens to be when uh, you're trying to do a lighting project, you know, then our guys, while they're on site, you know, these are fully licensed and capable electricians. You know, we can we can offer some other things while we're on site. Uh, plus, um, you know, there's also, there's other efficiency and, and sustainability type technologies that are out there too. You know, I mentioned the, the battery chargers for forklifts, but there's, um, there's more and more electric vehicles are coming into the world. And so the EV charging stations, I know that's going to be something that we start getting into and I've already been getting asked about that. Uh, and there's, there's, uh, the world of energy monitoring too, which is, you can really dive in and it's very easy to see and kind of like you mentioned at the beginning, the simplicity of the lighting world. You know, it's very easy to walk into a building and see that they've got an opportunity for a lighting upgrade um, and it's going to be very quantifiable. But, you know, a same, the same facility, it be, might be harder to see other opportunities that exist. And one, one anecdote that I've, I've gone back to a, a number of times with this energy monitoring uh, technology. Basically, it's just a, it's a little clip that goes around um, a, a, an electrical circuit, or it can even go uh, far as far downstream as as tied directly to a piece of equipment or a computer, you know, whatever. Um, and it, it just monitors the rate of amperage of, of current through through the wire through the circuit that that clip is around. And so, uh, one particular customer used these this energy monitoring 
technology and put it on their compressed air system. Their compressed air system was fed by three different compressors, uh, two of them that were relatively newer and, and higher efficiency and one that was old and inefficient. And after monitoring this, their, their, this system for a short amount of time, they realized pretty quickly, oh, our old inefficient compressor is doing all the work. Uh, and so they were able to kind of reconfigure things and, and capture some savings uh, there that to the naked eye, nobody could, would be able to see that. And so obviously lighting is, you know, 90, 95% of what we do, but I, I think there's, there's some exciting things out there uh, as technology continues to improve over time um, that we're going to be able to add to our, 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 our services here. So um, that we're, we're going on uh, almost an hour here. So is there, is there anything that you would want to touch on from what I just mentioned there, or is there anything else that you'd like to say before we wrap up? Well, I think you did a good job of bringing in um, some of the things that we're, we're looking at now. Um, and certainly those, those, uh, those technologies that you mentioned are, are going to be part of our portfolio on a go forward basis. Um, you know, one of the things that is really um, evolutionary in terms of looking at energy is, um, is you mentioned the sustainability efforts. And, and so the world is beginning to wake up to realize that, you know, despite what your political uh, affiliations are, we're not going to get political here. But, uh, you know, there, there definitely are some uh, things happening to our climate uh, and, uh, on, on a global basis. But more importantly, it's, there's a finite amount of energy production. And new energy production is just not uh, not what we need to do. We need to focus on how we use it. And, and if people really start looking at how they utilize energy and become more efficient, then it will make what we have go a long, long way. And so you're exactly right with what a lot of the major publicly traded companies are finding out is that, um, uh, you know, there is value there. There's value in doing the right thing. And there's value for the organization and for the shareholder in being more efficient downstream. The problem is that Wall Street uh, lives in a world where it doesn't really matter what you're doing next year. What are you doing this this month? What are you doing this quarter? What are you doing today? And so they're they're looking for the quick hits. They're looking for the flash in the pan. They're looking for the fast the fast returns. <clears throat> and so value based organizations that have a longer view, understand if I implement technology today that will increase my energy efficiency footprint and or help my production capacity on on an ongoing basis, then two years from now and three years from now, I will reap the benefits of that. And if there are incremental or even significant financial advantages to doing that now, why not do that? And so the market has created an opportunity for these companies to realize that. And so we need a, we need to continue to, to focus on that. And we are seeing momentum there. And I think, you know, government agencies, if they would utilize the carrot versus the stick mentality, we would see the adoption of a lot more technologies, you know, don't, uh, you, you don't, you don't spread the use of EV charging stations and electric vehicles, as an example, you know, the way to get mass adoption is not to penalize people for not driving an EV type vehicle is to incentivize uh, the use of it. And if you incentivize the use of it with the carrot, you're going to get a lot more adoption as opposed to slapping a, a tax on somebody for not using it. And uh, so that's, that's what's happening at on a, on a larger scale globally 
is people are seeing the advantages and they're taking they're, they're taking the position of let's move forward and let's capture these these savings let's capture these efficiencies and 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 do what's right for the long term and what it's doing is it's really painting a a very dim picture of you know someone like a, a china who's just totally thumb, you know thumbing their noses up um, at these advances and, and just saying, we're just going to do whatever we want to do. Um, and so, yeah, these companies are being rewarded for being uh, and deploying sustainability efforts. So yeah, that's, that's a big, big factor in what we're seeing now. Um, but yeah, it's a good, it's been a good conversation. I really appreciate you putting this together. I think we've covered a lot of different topics. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I, I was, I've enjoyed the, uh, enjoyed the, the time, Jared. Yeah, thanks a lot. I, I appreciate it too. Uh, definitely a, a, a great conversation. I, I appreciate your time and your expertise here. And you know, as we close, I, I don't I don't intend for this podcast to be you know an an advertisement for South Point Solutions, so to speak. But this this particular episode ki- kind of is. Um, so I just kind of want to leave it with. You know, if, if anybody's listening and and uh, you know has a facility or a property that they might want to uh, think about upgrading to LED and want to contact us. Uh, our website is southpointsolutions, plural, uh, .com, southpointsolutions.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we manage projects from beginning to end. So we'll, we come and do a, a full, very detailed survey of your site. We put together um, a very detailed proposal as far as uh, what the scope of work is, what the the energy efficiency savings can be expected to be, what the uh, light level improvements can be expected to be. Uh, we have a dedicated project manager. We have a network of electricians um, all over the country. We've done work all over the country for for uh, many years. We work with many large scale um, corporate customers as well as a lot of you know smaller uh, you know single location local customers. Um, and, uh, not only that, but you know, kind of the, the carrot stick thing that you were talking about there, there's a lot of, there is some money out there, um, some decent money out there from utilities and from States to help incentivize or to help fund these kind of led lighting projects. There's rebate money available that we, we apply for on, uh, on our customer's behalf. And we manage that whole piece of the project. And then we manage the, the material warranties, for the lifetime of those warranties after the fact. So, um, you know, harping back to, I don't know, 45 minutes ago, we're, we're not in that, you know, new construction GC world of just trying to, to make a quick buck. We're really trying to develop relationships and provide, you know, uh, serious high quality solutions, uh, for, for customers that, um, that have kind of a, a little bit more of a long-term outlook as opposed to the, uh, the, the, you know, right here and now, but anyways, again, Jeff, um, thank you so much for your time. And, uh, and, uh, I, I appreciate, uh, what you, what you brought to the table here. So, uh, again, thanks. You're welcome, Jared. I appreciate the, uh, appreciate the opportunity. Bye. All right. Yes. Uh, thank you again so much for tuning into this very first episode of the Best Practices podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I, I know, I know, I sure did. Um, and I look forward to a lot of great conversations like that in the episodes to come. Uh, in episode two, uh, I'll be joined by Dave Banks, who's the owner of a firm called Maintenance Solutions uh, that specializes specializes in concrete and asphalt repair. Uh, they got a really cool product that 
really uh, drastically reduces both the cost and the timeline of repairing cracks or potholes or whatever other kind of damage that is common to uh, the, the concrete and asphalt uh, aspect of your industrial and commercial facilities. Um, and I think you'll really, uh, really enjoy that conversation as well. So I'll see you then. Thanks.